podcast. I am your host, Alicia Michelle, and it's been a minute. It's been a minute, but you know, I didn't want you to think that I was just talking for the sake of talking. And so we've got so much news for Eurovision 2023. And I felt like, okay, it's the new year. It's January 5th when I'm recording this. And you know, we've got, we've got some artists for Eurovision 2023. So this episode, we're basically going to go through all of the entries that we have now, kind of talk about their potential and whatnot, and I'm going to kick it off with Albania. Albania. Yeah, I'm kicking it off with Albania, and let me just start off and say that I love Albania at Eurovision. I feel like they really do kind of stay true to themselves. And I think even when they kind of miss and and maybe don't qualify, it ends up being like not really because of anything that they did. (laughs) It's either a really competitive semi or the European voting public didn't know what they were talking about. That's what I'm going to go with. That is what I'm going to go with. So they're going to be represented by Albina and the family Kelmendi. And I think that this is actually her family. I think I think they are a family. It's like her parents and then her siblings. I don't know for a fact. And even if you go to the Eurovision website, they don't even have a bio. All it says is Albina and family Kelmendi will represent Albania at Eurovision Song Contest at the Eurovision Song Contest in 2023. Yeah, that's all that they have there. So Eurovision for real. You know, don't beat me up. Don't beat me up. Yes, I can Google. And I heard, and her last name is Kelmendi. So I'm assuming that that's actually her family, which I think adds to the power of the song. Let, let's just start talking about the track. The track is really good, period. The track is really, really good. And the track, I do believe, is going to stand out on the Eurovision 2023 stage. And I almost say, unfortunately, it's going to stand out. And I say, unfortunately, it's going to stand out because I think we won't have as many of sort of these ethnic tracks this year. I don't know why I feel that, but I just I just don't think we're going to have some, some real kind of Balkan ballad, ethnic, kind of powerhouse vocal, like, songs. I just, I really... I am concerned that we aren't going to have that this year. And, you know, it's so interesting. Mild, you know, sidetrack. We're going to bring it back. We're going to bring it back. But, you know, it's interesting because I'm an American Eurovision fan, and I've been into Eurovision for quite some time, and I come to Eurovision to hear songs like what Albania is giving us. Like, literally. And I, look, I've been in these Eurovision streets for a long time. Hello. Eurovision for real, all right? Eurovision for real. I've been in these streets for a minute, and I have not met one American Eurovision fan who, like, only is coming to Eurovision to listen to, like, pop songs in English. Like, that's not what we're going for. And, you know, it's interesting because I get a little bit disheartened, like, year after year, when, you know, if there's a pop song in the mix and I do like a little reaction video to it or something and you'll have these people in the comments just like, oh, oh my God, America sucks. The westernization of Eurovision has begun. It 
really, really sucks. And it's just like, why are you blaming us? Why are you blaming us? We're not producing the shows. We're not like at most of the national selections writing the songs. We're not. So stop blaming us. It's not our fault. Okay? Okay? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But um, circling back to Albania's entry for Eurovision 2023, yeah, I, I really, really do like this song. It's, it's something about it that just feels fresh. It just feels, I don't want to say like, oh, it just feels right. Because I don't know, something about that feels <laughs> like a little bit silly. Like, oh, it just feels right. Um, I, but truly, I, I kind of feel like there's something about it that's powerful. And, and it's not literal. I really hope that they don't um, translate this. I really hope they don't. Because it's something powerful about it. And, and I think people feel it. I think you feel it. And I remember when I first heard the song, I was like, I don't know what she is talking about, but I have chills <laughs> and I, I'm just, I'm in it. I'm in it. It's something about it that grabs you just instantly. But if I have any critiques, I, I mean, I will say, I don't know if, I, I, I don't, I don't know if this could win Eurovision. I want Albania to win Eurovision soon, but I don't know if this is the package. Honestly, I kind of love to see it. I mean, even with not that many other options of songs. I mean, we don't we don't really know what the lay of the land and, and the competitive field is now. But I wouldn't mind it just based off the fact that I think Albania has served. And I think, I think there's been too many times when they've been overlooked and kind of unfairly not moved through things for... A myriad of reasons, I'm sure, but none that really I think will actually make sense to me personally. So I probably wouldn't be mad at it. And this just feels so authentic and and personal. So I I, I want to see this advance, but I do think, you know, we've got six people on stage with six microphones. Okay. And there is something that's, you know, with Feek. We're not really getting the staging. They were just sort of standing in formations. And then, you know, Albina was, you know, falling to the ground and selling it to us. She was selling it to us. But but I think we, we need something way cleaner and more thoughtful. And I don't want to say that it's sloppy in its current form because I think that's a little bit harsh. But I don't think it's clean right now. I don't think it's clean. I don't think it's crisp. I don't think it is... It's not looking very intentional, and we just need to figure out how to make it intentional. Albania has been working with Sasha, so Sasha would definitely be the one to clean this up. Sasha would be the one to clean this up. So I, I feel hopeful for that. But, you know, I am a little bit concerned because there were some moments with the sound, not the vocal, but the sound where the mix fell off. And you know what I love about Eurovision 2023 already is we've had so many press releases come out. We've had so much you know, latest news. And they're giving us like all the info that they kind of can give us. And so one of the bits of info that we got, we, they announced some, I think about a month ago where they were talking about the creative team, but just recently they, um, they dropped some info, some more info about the creative team. And I love this because I think something that happens at Eurovision that I don't like, and I don't think is fair 
is sometimes what happens is basically, you know, if there's issues on the stage, everyone just blames the broadcaster or, you know, sometimes even just, you know, blames the country itself. It's like, ugh, why did the UK do this? Ugh, why, why is the stage this? The BBC doesn't know what they're doing. Ugh, does the UK even know how to put together some type of show? You know what I mean? They, they just go on. But the beauty of this, the beauty of this, some of these, you know, press releases they've been putting out, they've been letting us know who the production team is. And the beauty of this is we don't have to worry about hearing what we were hearing. Because now what we're going to be hearing is, let's just put it this way. You know, if we're getting all of those, like, really wide shots of the audience and we're not getting those tight camera angles of our performers, if we're getting, like, you know, really sloppy camera cuts that aren't, like, intentional, it's a little bit lazy, it's a little bit dragging, you know who we can blame? Nikki Parsons, Richard Valentine, and Ollie Bartlett. Now, let's say, you know, we've got Albania on the stage and Albina's mic is hitting, but then the family, Kalamendi, is, is not, is off. You know, somebody, the sister's a little bit louder than Albina, and our sound mixing is off. You know who we can blame? Instead of just saying, oh, the BBC is messing up all the sound, Mm-mm, we don't have to do that. We can blame Robert Edwards. Good old Bob. We can be like, Bob Edwards, what are you doing? This sound is terrible. You know, say we look at an entry, it's Ukraine's act, you know, Ukraine has sort of this very, you know, edgy kind of uh, electro, cool, modern, euphoria vibe. And say it's just really darkly lit on stage. You know who we can blame? Tim Rutledge. I don't know if it's Tim Rutledge or Tim Brutledge. But that's who we can blame, okay? That's, that's who we can blame. And... Uh, <laughs> Now, I, I mean, we, sh- we shouldn't be going after these people. But, you know, if, if there's critiques, you know, well-balanced critiques, these are the people we should talk to. Don't just, you know, blanket say the BBC. They've got a lot on their plate. They've got things other than Eurovision to produce. So they're not paying attention to that. They're not paying attention to that. But I, I, I'll tell you who will be. I'll tell you who will be paying, paying attention. If them camera angles are dragging and I say, Nikki... Dick, Ollie, get it together. You know, they'll answer, you know, because this is their job. This, <laughs> it's all on them. It's all on them. But, yeah, so we're going through. We're talking about our Liverpool 2023 participants. Yes, we're going down. And Albania, so, yeah, I, I, think, I think Albania is safe to qualify. I don't know if this is winner potential, but I think it's good. And, and – I think it's going to stand out. It's going to stand out in a way that if this came top 10, now, of course, it's early. Alicia, how can you say this? It's so early. You know, I'm saying it, okay? I I do think that this has the potential to come top 10. And, I mean, if that vocal stays tight and we get really, really intentional about how we tell the story on the stage, I think think we're going to be in a really good place. All right, next up, we're going to be talking about Cyprus, Andrew Lambrou. Or is it Lambrou? No, Andrew Lambro. So, you know, I'm, I will say I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about Andrew. I'm going to just be real with y'all, okay? I, I, I think that he will do something well. I mean, looking 
at Electrify again. He's got he's got vocal range, like he has actual vocal range. He's a good looking guy. It won't be difficult to style him. You know what I mean? Like it won't be difficult. We we could literally have him in the same clothes he wore for Electrify at Australia Decides. We literally could just probably do that. What I'm nervous about is I don't want it to be, I just want the track to be right. I want us to have something with a little bit of like ethnic flair. I want us to have something that maybe has some sex appeal, some roughness, but I want it to feel modern because Cyprus is one of those countries that I want to see them win Eurovision soon. I really, really do. And and you know, we had a little bit of a stumble last year, but actually that stumble, I think, was just what Cyprus needed to shake up the populace. It makes them, you know, sort of in this underdog kind of territory. It's not like, oh, Cyprus, they always deliver, blah, 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 and then, like, people don't fight for it. You know, people will be more in a mood to fight for it. What makes me nervous, though, is that they are just probably going to give him a song like Electrify because I could see them doing that. And, like, Electrify is not a bad song, but it didn't even win, you know, Australia Decides, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't even top three. It wasn't even top five. It wasn't even top three. You know what I'm saying? So if it couldn't win that, you know, or even come into, like, winner contention, I am deeply worried about how it will do on the Eurovision stage. Now, let me go back again to the positives. Did I say he was good looking? The man is good looking. Well, the young, <laughs> the young man, I, I was about to call him a boy because he's super young. I don't even think he's 25. Didn't they say, like, I think I looked it up and he was like 22. Oh, good God. <laughs> good God. 22. Jesus. Yeah, but I think he just, I, I, I just want him to give us something a little bit ethnic, but I don't want it to be like, she got me part duh. You know, we've seen it. We've done that. And my fear is that I don't know if he could give us, I know that sounds bad, I don't know if he could give us anything else, but also at the same time, I don't want a power ballad because I don't think a power ballad is what's going to win Eurovision. Now, the boy can sing, okay, and like really sing. He has real range. So I feel good potentially about this Moving on, you know, I, I, I feel good about the potential for this to qualify. I don't think that this is going, yeah, I, I don't think I see this fully going by the wayside, if I'm real. If I'm being fair and honest, I, I, I don't think it's that. But I am concerned about the winner potential for this. And I, it, it's only because I think that, I want to see Cyprus host soon. And I just, I don't know if this is the year for it. Okay, so we talked about Cyprus. All right, let's move on. Israel, Noah Carell, Carell, Noah Carell. Um, I'm going to tell y'all, I was excited about the announcement of Noah. I think she is a bona fide, you know, pop girly. I, she can dance. We know she can serve. You know, Israel, I think, is not taking lightly the fact that they did not qualify last year. I respect that. And so I think they really are like, okay, we didn't qualify last year. We need to be in this mix. 
and she's she's a girl that could possibly get that done because she is a bona fide pop star. But I'm gonna tell y'all where my now this will be personal. Well, not personal, but like I guess it'll be like a thing that I'm just kind of like, hmm. And this is the Eurovision for real podcast. You know, we're having real conversations. We're not just talking about news. Not just talking about news. Why would we just talk about news? My drink, the ice is melting, but the drink is still cold. Yummy. Um, the whole Kanye West stunt, I I saw it for what it was, which was like, you know, a PR grab stunt thing. And, you know, I am one of those people that I used to love Kanye West. Like, honestly, Kanye West was like my favorite rapper for years. And then once we had the break... And the demise, I've been boycotting him. So I didn't listen to Donda. I didn't listen to the the Jesus album. Didn't he have like a, he had like the re- religious album. I didn't even do um, pa- Life of Pablo. I didn't even do Pablo because I was already off him for his like, you know, antics. But I do recognize that they are the antics of a person who has certified like mental health, you know, issues, struggles. And, you know, he tells us sometimes that he's, like, off his meds and stuff. So I'm not saying this as an excuse. I'm actually saying this, like, I don't know why we need to give these people more space and a platform. Because when he started doing all that foolishness, you know what I did as a consumer? I turned off. I didn't buy the clothes. I didn't buy the sneakers. And I wasn't listening to the music. And if I wanted to listen to Kanye, I have CDs. I know children, I know y'all just stream everything, but I will listen to the CDs and I will make a point to listen to the CDs because I don't want him to get the check off the streaming. That is how I think we answer it. And I just felt like, it just felt a little bit opportunistic for me in a way where I just am like, ugh, like don't give the attention to it, girl. You know, like, like don't do that. Like, of course what he said was wrong and it's and crazy and ridiculous and like there should be no place for it. But I don't know if showing up to an award show in an outfit with his face all over it, I just don't see how that actual like all it does is make people talk about you as oh this girl, you know, like it you just end up being added to the cycle and then it makes other people want to click like, oh, what did he do? And so then they see it again. But I think that that's a different like PR mindset, I just wouldn't subscribe to the PR choice that they made for her. I would have made another decision, but here we are. So I digress. I think she's a legitimate pop girly and she's performed live. So I, I, I think, I, I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't think the music she makes is really, like I'm not the target demo for it. I think her audience is a little bit young, a little bit more youthful, a little bit younger than like where I am personally at. It's not really pulling me in in any other way. But I think that she is definitely, you know, I hate to say like a weapon, you know, but like she's a force because she's going to come on stage. The styling's going to be right. The staging's going to be right. The track is going to feel like current pop freshness. She's not going to do no ballad or anything like that. And as long as the Israeli team sort of works with her producers to make sure we get that little, like, kind of Israeli ethnic piece in it, this is solid. 
it, it's going to be solid, period. Do I think it is winner potential? I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. And the reason why I doubt it is because I wonder, with Eurovision, you have to sort of do the sweet spot of appealing to a variety of folks, and, and a variety of folks meaning spanning ages. And as popular as, like, I'll use Moniskin as an example. You know, Moniskin, young, fresh, they're hot all over the charts. But, like, my mom's probably not going to hear them on her adult contemporary radio station. It's probably not going to happen. But the song that they brought to Eurovision was very, like, hearkening kind of like that old like 70s like glam rock feel to a certain degree like when you listen to like the guitar riff the bass line and even just kind of like Damiano's like attitude and the way that he was like serving it on stage you know it was giving sort of that reminiscent of some of those like rock front men you know from if you want to pull on the 80s from the 70s from the 60s even and and so it's something that then feels familiar to a lot of people. So I think where Noah's challenge could be is making sure that what's going to be served can appeal to kind of people of all ages. And I don't think that that's going to happen. Now, is that an awful thing? No, it just means that you're probably not going to win. Is that the end of the day? Absolutely not. Just ask Rosalind. <laughs> Rosalind didn't win. Didn't even come top 10. <laughs> but, you know, she has a song. She's performing on American television. She's blowing up the charts. She's all over TikTok. You know, that's, like, winning isn't everything. It isn't everything. So I would say I'm hopeful for the entry. I think Israel's going to give me something that I really like. So that's, you know, that's the upside of it. But do I think that this is a contender to win, even though it's early, we don't have a whole bunch of songs? I'm going to go out on a limb and say doubtful, I, just from where I'm coming from. Next up, let's move on to the Netherlands. So, you know, it's interesting because I think when the Netherlands introduced this duet sort of situation... You know, it reminded me a little bit of of when they announced Duncan Lawrence because a lot of people were like, who is he? And he didn't even have that many um, songs, like, on the internet. But I remember, like, a few of, like, the acoustic things. I was like, oh, this guy can sing. So I was still optimistic. I was still hopeful for what he could deliver. So fast forward now <laughs> to Mia and Dion, who are going to be representing the Netherlands with the song penned by Duncan Lawrence, which I think is a good sign. I am hopeful because it's the Netherlands. They don't, they haven't really messed up lately. The last mess up they had was Walk Along, and Walk Along was a great song. They just, you know, gave it away with the staging. The staging just wasn't right, but, but the song was good. So I think in this case, I'm sort of looking at this and going, okay, this could be something that would maybe surprise some folks, and do I think the Netherlands could win with it? I mean, you've got a Eurovision winning songwriter writing it, so it's possible. But here's my fear, and I'll let you know. Okay, because it's Eurovision for real. My fear 
is that Duncan has been in these Eurovision streets for a minute. And I think Duncan might have in his mind like what a Eurovision winning song could be. And instead of just making the track that's dope, he might be making the track that will be dope at Eurovision. That's my fear. I don't think that that's what's going to happen. I'm not trying to prophesy. I'm just saying that's my fear. And I really hope that that doesn't happen. But we will see. We will have to see. So let's talk about our singers. So let's just start off and talk about Mia. Mia gives me like a little bit of Haley Richards or Haley Williams. Haley Richards, who's that? Haley Williams, Paramore meets like Billie Eilish. I, I just like her music. I'm going to just go ahead and say that. After she was announced, I clicked on some YouTube videos, and I was like, I just like this. I clicked on Dion. Dion was a little bit more spotty for me. <laughs> Eurovision for real. He was a little bit more spotty for me. But I think the pairing of the two of them, I think we're going to get this really sort of, I'd say kind of like this indie pop with a little rock edge duet I think it's gonna be you know maybe I don't think it'll be a love song I'm thinking it might be like an unrequited love song perhaps something like that the combo of the two of them and then a Duncan Lawrence pinned track leaves me feeling extremely hopeful leaves me feeling like the Netherlands is going to continue their streak of pure quality, of giving us something good, it being low-key, it not feeling desperate. You know, because some countries becoming a Eurovision, desperate. And it just begs the question, like, the thirst. The thirst is real. Um, yeah, I, I think the combo of Dion and Mia and potentially, yeah, like a song penned by Duncan Lawrence it's just, it's just exciting. It's just exciting and intriguing. Yeah, I mean, and just after Esteen last year, the Netherlands is just on a streak, y'all. They're on a streak. I Do I think it will qualify? Let's get it out of the way. I think that this song will qualify. And depending upon how influenced Duncan has sort of been in this post-Eurovision kind of career, depending upon how that manifests itself, we could be talking top 10 and maybe even a win, dare I say, because I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Okay, let's move on to Slovenia. They um, announced their folks Joker out, and I'm going to just tell y'all, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm like, let me just get this out of the way. I am excited for this because I really feel like Slovenia is a country that in their now, and I'm, and I'm glad that Slovenia just chose somebody because Slovenia hasn't always been doing it right when it came to EMA. I am sorry. Like EMA had like some legit winner potential things that just got no play or, you know, just didn't make it through. Like just didn't make it through. And I think when Slovenia hits and they're right, they're so right. So I've just been wanting for them to just give us something, you know, just give us something. Not to mention, I will say, even though these folks did win it, but Sebi, 
Sebi is still good. Y'all realize, like, Sebi could come to Eurovision this year and it would still feel fresh. It would still feel modern. It wouldn't, it wouldn't feel dated at all. So Joker out, I just will say instantly, I was excited. The sound that they have sort of has that retro rock feel. There's something really cool and effortless about it. I love sort of their, like, very stylish way of presenting themselves with, like, a little level of, like, irreverence. <laughs> and, you know, in many ways, it does feel, like, Monoskin-esque, and it's not like I'm comparing them in that way. It just feels sort of like these are some young, talented folks making music together having fun and yeah it might have a little bit of a throwback feel it might have some familiar feelings to it but because of the way that they sort of serve it 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 just feels fresh honestly if they just stay true to themselves and do the music that they've already been kind of putting out when it comes to Eurovision I think that they could do really really well and I'm gonna go ahead and say like I'm already looking at them like top 10 low-key easy like Netherlands I'm sort of nervous because you know they could play it like almost too chill they could be too low-key about it and that makes me concerned but mm, if Slovenia just stays true to themselves and and kicks it like I I I I don't know and I'm wondering if a piece of this um is just like I I like Slovenia at Eurovision so I'm wondering I'm like is my bias showing up and and I have to also have to say like I fully think LPS was like kind of robbed last year I I think that they were really good I do think it was a little bit tougher for them to make it through um and once we got to Eurovision I was like okay I I doubt it's gonna qualify but if if it was a judge and jury of just me I would have had LPS in the final period like no question. Um, I think this band, in a way, is sort of similar to LPS, like sonically, like it does, like young people band sort of giving us like this throwback sound, even though they're young. I think Joker Out is a little bit more mature with it. I think they've got a little bit more of that charisma that people at home will be able to gravitate towards and really, really latch on. I think they'll just sell it a little bit better. But I do, I, I do think, you know, with, with Slovenia, I mean, you know, they've never won Eurovision. They've never won. So that's my other reason why I'm like, am I biased? Like, am I just wanting to, like, see it for them? Because I just always am like, I, I, I think there's a soft spot in me that I always want to see a country that hasn't won win. Like, I just, there's a little bit of, like, look, if they show up and the entry is good, the styling is good, the execution is good, can we just give it to them? We don't need no repeats. <laughs> we don't need no hitting it seven times. Like, we don't need no hitting it ten times. We just, we, 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 come on, let's give it to them. <laughs> let's give it to them if they're serving it. If they're serving it and they deserve it. I, I, I'm living in that space. But th- those are my thoughts on Slovenia. So, overall... I'm saying that Slovenia, I think, does qualify. I mean, we have no song, but I, I'm saying I've got, I've got hopes because this is we're just talking about what we have, so we're speculating Eurovision for real, but also for fun. <laughs> Eurovision for real and fun. I, I, I've got high hopes for Slovenia. 
I definitely have high hopes. I think I think this band could really give us something. So finally, we have our winners from last year. It's the Ukraine. And I don't know how to pronounce the group name. I don't. Tvorchi? I need to find that out. I need to figure, figure out how to pronounce it. Let's talk about the track Heart of Steel. It's modern. It's fresh. It sounds like now. And the challenge is... I don't know if the European public would mind Ukraine doing a double, but I'm going to just go out on a limb and say this. I like Heart of Steel way better than Stefania. I like Heart of Steel far more. Now, of course, this is just like right up my alley. This is just stuff that I like. (laughs) This is just the music I listen to. I spent a lot of what, 2022, the beginning, the early part of 2022 and the latter part of 2021 listening to Labyrinth's uh, soundtrack, you know, for Euphoria, the television show. And this is very a la that, just very a la that. I think that Jimoon as a vocalist, I don't know if that's Jimo or Jimoon, Jimo, I think it might be Jimo or Yimo. I'm going to go with Jimo. Jimo, as a vocalist, has weight. There's a grit in his voice. There is a lived experience there. The swag that he's sort of bringing to the song and to the stage is authentic. This is not him putting on something to try and get us or, you know... It, it just feels natural. And and I love the way that they staged it at the national selection. The song is a bit short. I do think we could add more to it. Uh, but I think the production, for the most part, I really like. I'm, I'm concerned about them expanding the song. I know they said that they're going to revamp it and sort of flesh out the chorus a little bit more. I've heard some folks from Eurovision Pockets kind of talking about, oh, well, you know, the chorus is just hidden and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, do y'all listen to modern music at all? Like, do you listen to what's on the radio? You know? (laughs) It's like, that's just not the way that, you know, current songs are really being structured. That structure of, you know, verse, chorus, or verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse two, chorus bridge chorus key change you know like people just aren't making music like that anymore they're being far more creative they're being way more like non-linear and I love that I'm a, I'm a big electronic music fan that's just the stuff that I really like listening to and I particularly have a penchant for electronic music paired with soulful R&B vocals <laughs> because I think you know the electronic music can give this sort of cold feeling and the pairing of something soulful R&B it just injects this warmth so then you get this thing that just feels like a warm blanket not a hot soup not a cold snowy walk it feels like a warm comfortable blanket where you're just held I, I think I think that that's it's just again this is just very much so you know, my cup of tea. And so perhaps that's why I like it so much. 
I will just go ahead and say that if Ukraine were to win again, it's not like they're hosting Eurovision this year. And I think we can all be hopeful that the war will end and Russia will give up on this just really wild attempt that, and they're losing. So, you know, it's not even like it's going particularly well for them. It's like, you know, just move on to something you could be successful at. I don't know, like ballet. Let's just ballet. And honestly, good pop music. So then we can bring it back to Eurovision, you know? Because, you know, Russia has given us some good stuff. You know, when they're not giving us, you know, these sappy, you know, pop tracks talking about world peace, you know? When they're not doing that, they actually give us some stuff that's pretty good, you know? So it'd be nice if that happened. But in the meantime... You know, Ukraine is giving us something really good. And I think giving us something better than what they had last year. So if the European public wants to coalesce around this, I'm okay with that. (laughs) And I will just say like a personal thing. Andre, Andre is the producer, the producer. He's cute, right? (laughs) He's cute. He was looking, he was looking kind of cute. You know, it's looking looking kind of cute. I think I saw another thing, too, um, that uh, with Andre, he worked with, like, a Nigerian artist. Is this the same? Hold on, let's see. I don't know who this guy is. Oh, he worked with another person, too. Hmm, interesting. I, I just, I, I really, really like this song. I think Ukraine, you know, they don't have to worry about qualifying. They're already in the mix. And to serve something that is just so current... I mean, come on. Come on. It's so current. It's what people are listening to. It's what people are listening to. So I guess I've, I've done this whole, you know, we've, we've gone over all the artists um, and countries that we have so far. And so maybe I'll do a little top three. Who am I most excited for as of now? And although I'm loving Albania's track, and I am loving Albania's track, and Noah, she is a certified pop girly. I'll probably really like it. And Israel knows how to stage. They know how to stage, so we don't have to worry about that. I think I'm most curious and, and kind of hungry for the Netherlands, Slovenia. And although we have the song from Ukraine, I'm curious to see how they decide to elevate the track, make it a little bit longer. I don't think it has to be too much longer, make it a little bit longer and whatever. I guess we can appease some of these people like, oh, the chorus is just like fading, whatever, you know, and give them something a little bit more straightforward and easily digestible because, you know, people got to have their Wheaties. Um, So yeah, I think Ukraine, the Netherlands and Slovenia right now out of the, out of the six, I think have a little bit of my edge and, you know, notable because two of those countries, we don't even have a song, but I'm curious. I'm curious. So I'm, I'm going off the track record, but it's Eurovision for real. So I got to keep it real for you. I mean, I'm going to do a little poll on Spotify. So if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, I will have a poll just to get your gauge on what you think is, you know, the more exciting country. What country are you most excited about with the six that we have so far that have announced their participants. But please, if you love this podcast, if you love the Eurovision Song Contest, I don't know what you're waiting for. You got 
to subscribe. I, I took a little break because, you know, we, you know, it's the holiday season and I was like, I don't want to just talk to y'all just for the sake of talking. I want to have like, you know, content. I want to have some stuff that we can chew on. So we do now. Oh my goodness. It's crazy. We do. We do have stuff to chew on. So uh, please subscribe and thank you for listening to the Eurovision for Real podcast. I am Alicia Michelle. Bye.